We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you with us. Tonight, Ivy Nation Sports Talk up and running with Vince D'Addario, Sean Styers. The chat's already going crazy right now. Glad to have you with us tonight. No surprise We've got all kinds there. of stuff to talk about tonight. Yeah, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, Ivy Nation hasn't been heard from uh, from a football standpoint since Saturday, and so we're gonna pick up the mantle and we're gonna we're gonna run with it. Uh, but I, you know, this is an this is to me. This is a very exciting time if you're a Notre Dame football yeah, fan. It really absolutely. is, and I, you know, I I'm trying very hard not to go down the rabbit hole with some of the stuff that's out there. You know, <laughs> I'm excited about what this what could possibly be occurring for Notre Dame football. Very very excited about it. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. I hope you know, and I realize I'm you know I'm gonna like. Let me just let me just put it this way. I I hope that there's more of a splash made than what happened with my favorite NFL team. I don't have to say the name, you know, because I get called out every time I say the name. <laughs> but I'm not necessarily happy, you know. Turns out maybe it could be worse. I don't know. We'll so see. They basically cleared house underneath the head coach. Right, well, they exactly. got rid of a lot of what they thought were, you know, they had like a, a lot of assistant position coaches and, you know, uh, those kind of things. Like Those are the guys that make it all happen. It, well, it, basically, they decided they were going to save a buck and got rid of it. They thought they were too top heavy with the coaching staff. But they also, gotcha. you know, Kellen Moore went to the Chargers. Mike McCarthy's going to take over the play calling. And they hired an old retread who they had on the staff as an analyst or, you know, whatever they called him <laughs> okay. as their offensive coordinator. So I don't know what kind of imagination is going to come there, but gotcha. hopefully there's more imagination to come out of this one. <laughs> but again, a lot of it to get to tonight, a lot of names out there and we're going to get to them here in a minute. I just, you know, wanted to address a couple things. Derek says he's not sure if I'm if he's talking to me because he had at least two nights last week where his six o'clock window was left empty. Ooh. Very disappointed. He, he followed that up with we could have had the Jesse show featuring whiteboard. I mean, that's true, <laughs> but it's fair. You know, I don't know if Jesse was mentally prepared to, you know, he and the whiteboard mentally prepared enough to 
to get it all put together. I did have a like a minor quote unquote, you know, they were doing some follow-up stuff on on my old ticker last week. And and yeah. fortunately, fortunately for me anyway, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but but uh it came out good, you know. So that was good. That was Tuesday, I think, last week. And then uh Wednesday we were traveling to Boston College, Thursday game at Boston College. We were back on Friday, but uh, you know, so I had you know a little women's basketball, and that's you know, that's going to occupy at least one day. I think that's the last time we travel in the middle of the week this season. So basically Thursdays, you know, until the season ends, uh, I'm spoken for on right. Thursdays, but I won't have any more Wednesday travel nights that we have to worry about. So Good news for this guy I know. right here. Number one, I get to do shows with you. Yes. Number two, I don't have to worry about preparing. Jesse and his whiteboard. That end of it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Plus, I come up with all the rapid fires. So yes. It yeah. doesn't have hey, to I'll put it about. right out there. I just get the rapid fire questions to figure out how I'm going to answer them. So I do prepare in that manner. Right. Coming up with them is a hell of a lot more, more difficult than just answering them, okay? It yes. is hard, man. It is hard to come up with questions. I don't know how you do it every day. It, it, you, have a, you have a gift. I have a Rolodex. I, you know, I've, I've told you, know, some of them stay on standby for a while. And there's, there's always like the weighing of how long can I hold this question back and have it still be yeah. relevant, you know, and like, you know, cause there's all, you know, we always try to, to work in timely stuff and all that kind of stuff, not to go too deep in the weeds, but yeah, Anthony had a question about women's basketball. Yes. Yeah, they did. They, they dropped two out of their last three. They lost at NC state last week and yesterday, Ugh, 57 to 52 to Duke at home. Ugh, fourth it was, quarter. Fourth quarter, man, Sean. What the heck happened? Holy moly. Six points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I just, it was watching that Duke team. It was like, there's such a deliberate pace to begin with. They play this very, you know, they're, they're not in a hurry to do anything. And the burn, the burn offense. Yeah. Basically, you know, and they, you know, they, they don't do a whole lot. They want to be in the in the half court. They want you to be in the half court when they're playing defense. And you know, six points in the fourth quarter stinks. You know, call out flat out, call it what it what it is. But Duke's also the number four scoring defense in the nation. Sure. And they've only given up more than sixty points three different times this season. The only time they've given up more than seventy points was when they lost to UConn earlier. So. They're a really good defensive team. Now, the other side of that is still, do you expect to be better than six points in the fourth quarter? Of course you do, because they hit just one of their last 11 shots, and the, that only shot was a three-pointer by Olivia Miles, and it was the only bucket they scored in like the last eight and a half minutes of the game. You know, And the flip side is Duke only hit two of its last 12 shots. They hit a couple free throws at the end as well, but they also only hit two of their last 12, and the biggest thing there is missed opportunities on yeah. Notre Dame's part from a transition standpoint because that's what Neil Ivy wants to do they miss a shot we want to get the rebound and get it up court and they weren't able to do enough of that and then Olivia Miles only had two assists and as a team they had seven assists Ooh. which is seven assists on I think it was 21 made field goals zone defenses have been given Notre Dame a hard time and they've been seeing more zone and figuring out how to solve that zone even with the playmaker like olivia miles and again that's why you need that transition offense and you know seeing more zone with mabry out 
having Ebo out doesn't help either, of course. Fingers crossed, maybe she's coming back this week. You know, nothing definite right now, but okay. you know, I knew that, right. that there was some talk about that. But they've got some things to figure out, and hopefully they get it figured out here pretty soon. Yeah, because it just it feels – they just always have that one quarter where they're just – I don't know. I mean, yeah, look, I, I'm going to be the old man in the balcony here for a second. I tried to watch the game, and it was blacked out for some reason, which is <laughs> – mind-boggling to me that you're blacking out women's basketball games but i just it, it's like one quarter it just seems to be their bugaboo every yeah. time that they they drop a close game like this it's one quarter where they just can't get the offense going and uh that's got to be super frustrating from the lib i mean it just has yeah. to be they had one of those against nc state last week as well right. they had a couple bad quarters against north carolina about a month or so ago but all right, I see everyone chiming in. You're right. I know you're here to talk about football. Let's talk about <laughs> some football. Hit the like button if you would, since you know you're you're directing the conversation right now. But yes, D Rock Irish, two injuries right now, women's basketball. Dara Mabry's out for the rest of the season, and Ebo's been out for what is it, the last three games now. Again, hopefully they get her back soon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's talk some potential candidates, though, shall we? Please. Or Notre Dame's that. offensive coordinator. Position. Yeah, this, you know, this, it's funny. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's funny. We, You and I have been talking about this, and uh, I, I hate when people say that because they obviously did mean to cut you off because I did. But it, it is very much throwing darts at a dartboard right now. I mean, you know, we we do have, you know, some information here and there, you know, some names that have been floated out there, things of that nature. But, man, like one of the names that we'll get to is just – really surprising to me and you know some of it is is wishful thinking i think on our part some of it is you know these are the guys that they're potentially talking to and and this day and age with with communication and and technology and everything like we want answers now 
and we have to be patient. Like this is right. the most important hire for. Marcus I saw somebody Freeman. on the boards like first thing this morning. Like, what's going on? I'm getting nervous. I haven't heard anything, and it's like the you know it just became official with Tommy on Friday. Like, has it even been 72 <laughs> hours yet? Well, I don't think it has. And so. has did. Uh, <laughs> Has Alabama announced it? He may, they probably. I have. haven't seen an announcement. But I, yeah, yet. okay. I haven't seen an announcement either. So it's really not even official. If we're being honest, right? If they haven't yeah. even announced it, it's not even official. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. They probably want to have somebody in place by spring practice, which isn't going to be until the middle of March. So you've got over a month, frankly, to get this thing figured out. And to be honest. Yes, you absolutely want to have somebody in by then. But if they don't and they end up making the right hire, it's not the end of the world. Spring isn't about installing, you know, the scheme. And it's about fundamentals. And it's about a lot of other different things than it is about the scheme. So I don't think that'll be the case. But if it is and they hire the right guy, it's not a bad situation. Hiring the right guy. That's the key. That is absolutely the key. So a couple different things about the names we're going to mention here. Uh, you know, one, these are all guys that Irish Breakdown has pretty solid information on that there is at least interest on Notre Dame's part. The ones that we're going to, you know, talk about for the most part. Right. The other side of that is we're not going to talk about other people's reporting. You know, like, well, these guys are reporting this and these guys are. I have no idea what other people are reporting. It's all behind paywalls. I don't have paywalls to any of that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I have no idea what they're saying. So their reporting is their reporting. We're going to talk about the people that that Irish Breakdown, again, has has solid intel on that there is at least interest from Notre Dame's perspective, for the most part. Right. Um. But I wanted to start with a couple guys, you know, speaking of which, who we can cross off the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. The top of that cross off the list is Cliff Kingsbury. And the bottom line, you know, as awesome as it would be to get a guy like Cliff Kingsbury in here with his offensive acumen is the fact that he has an NFL, you know, he was fired and he has a contract that runs through 2027. And yeah. It's said to pay him somewhere around at least five million bucks a year. So a guy who is just an NFL head coach who can get over five million bucks for doing nothing. You know, that's why he said, I'm going to Thailand and I'm not coming back. He's not going to give up five million bucks for probably half of that and come be a college offensive coordinator. As cool as it would be like, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury right now is kind of becoming the new John Gruden. <laughs> it seems. Oh like, my God! You know? <laughs> Surprised nobody's brought him up yet. That's right. Good. Grief. I was thinking that too. <laughs> X over Y banana to get it in. The so no book. Cliff Kingsbury. No Cliff Kingsbury. Yes, I think that, and I think that's fair. Like I, because I'm pretty sure if he takes a job, he gives up that money. Why would you yes. do that? That's exactly it. If you. That's how those contracts work. As yeah. long as you're, you know, it's basically like as long as you're unemployed, you're going to keep drawing that check. But as soon as you take another job someplace, you know, now at some point it's going to, for him, it's going to be, well, do I want to keep coaching or do I just want these big fat paychecks? I mean, honestly, you know, he's got like a model girlfriend and he can go wherever he wants right now. He can do a lot of different things. And and if I were guaranteed, what is it? You know, 20, 20, 20 to 25 million for doing nothing. I might just sit or, seriously consider retiring and going bouncing around the globe for the I rest mean, of my life. 
take a few years off. Like you can always get back. He's a pretty young guy. I'm, I'm, I want to say he's younger than me, but I don't know that for sure. He probably is. Take some time off, man. Like I, yeah. I think that's what he's doing. I think he's he's definitely sitting out at least a year. Yeah. Five million years to sit around, pick up a job like this and just volunteer your time. Like, I mean, there's a million things he could do that's not going to breach that contract. And he can, I mean, laying on a a beach in in Singapore or whatever, Thailand with his hot girlfriend is not, that'd be pretty high on my list if I was him. So he's not coming to South Bend, Indiana to be an offensive coordinator for a third of what he's going to make to sit around and do nothing. Right. That, that, that's just not, that, that is not realistic people. It is right. not realistic. The other two names, maybe more, you know, I don't know how prominent you consider them to cross off the list because as of right now, there is zero connection to Notre Dame, you know, zero interest that, that we've heard about on Notre Dame's part. And that is Charlie Weiss Jr., and Warren Ruggiero, who, of course, was Sam Hartman's offensive coordinator uh, at Wake Forest. And yes. Just cross them both off the list. Absolutely. Number one, Sam Hartman left Wake Forest for a reason. He wanted to be in a more pro-style offense. He wanted to be in a bigger place, bigger name, whatever. Check. He's not going back to the slow mesh, okay? They're not working the slow mesh in the NFL. That is, he wants to up his stock not bring it back down to where it is now. Like that, that would defeat the entire purpose. Even if he was the hottest commodity, I just don't, you know, I don't see that being the case. And if it was Sam Hartman would not stick around for very long. I yeah. mean, why would he? he, I wouldn't. He came here to bolster his NFL stock, not, not to come here and have the same offensive coordinator, follow him here and run right. that same offense. Yes. Again, you know, right. like it sense say there's, you know, familiarity and, and all that. Right kind of stuff and as far as far as weiss jr now this is my opinion you know he's been an offensive coordinator um he has been one he's the co-offensive coordinator right now at Ole miss he was i believe the full offensive coordinator down at florida atlantic but the common denominator is that lane kiffin correct has been there the entire time he's the offensive coordinator okay yeah so i am not willing and this has nothing to do with his name because I think he is an up-and-coming coach. I do, right? But in the same vein that Tommy Reese was an up-and-coming coach when he got the job, I personally do not want somebody learning on the job. That, not that experienced is not, enough. Not experienced is, enough yeah, by any means. That, yeah. that is not what I want for this position at all. So it has nothing to do with the fact that he's, his name is Charlie Weiss. That, that, that's not the issue. The issue for me, he is not experienced enough. He is not seasoned enough. Uh, it was the same issue I had when Tommy Reese got the job. So this offense, this program is in a different place than they were in 2020. I want it to go to a more seasoned person. So I would cross him off the list as well. Yeah. There's someone I want to talk about. I think <clears throat> let's, let's talk about this guy first. Now, again, there there's at least been some legitimate interest in this guy. And that's why, we're talking about him, and it's an interesting name. It's a big name. Yeah. Um, and I think you kind of touched on it, is who you were alluding to earlier. Ryan, I truly 100% doubt it, but is Byron Leftwich a name that has been floated around? Apparently, again, 
We're talking about guys who we have intel. There's interest on Notre Dame's part. Apparently, Byron Leftwich is a person of interest for Notre Dame right now. Yeah. What do you think about that? Is very interesting to me uh, that that he would be a person of interest to come down to Cotton. He's an offensive. He's an offensive coordinator in the NFL. To was he got fired. You're right. <laughs> was an offensive coordinator. He's not currently employed, if I'm not mistaken. Right. That's correct. That's okay. correct. He is a free. So agent. he will be employed by someone. Probably not as an offensive coordinator. I wouldn't think. But I was surprised that he is getting the play that he is i just i have a hard time wrapping my mind around byron leftwich at notre dame like that's it's a tough sell for me my my original thought was well if he's good enough for tom brady he's good enough for you know notre dame and and sam hartman and and all of these different things i just i don't know it doesn't it doesn't feel like a very good fit to me but we are hearing that he is a person of interest which what yeah, just kind of shocking to me. Yeah, and I mean, he's 43, so he's still relatively young. Um, four seasons as offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. Great for the, you know, for the the first season Brady was there in Tampa, but that sure. was also, you know, kind of along the lines of what you were talking about. Like Bruce Arians was still more calling the shots down there offensively like it was Absolutely. Bruce Arian's show and Byron Leftwich was more quarterbacks coach and and kind of a an, an offensive sort of figurehead and they couldn't run the ball this year Leonard Fournette averaged like three and a half yards a carry you know they still you know and, and I know that Ryan Jensen the center was out and Robert Hainsey you know got to play a lot of center but you know but Jensen supposed to be their best offensive lineman and all that stuff but like they couldn't run the ball at all, and they still had Mike Evans. They still had Chris Godwin, who both had respectable enough numbers seasons, but they also had Tom Brady, and they, that offense was just bad. It was bad. And then on top of all that, you throw in the fact that this is a guy who has only coached in the NFL. Like He has zero college experience. So like when you start talking about recruiting and all those things, and I, you could make the case, I guess, that because he's a name and he's got a Super Bowl ring and he's worked with Tom Brady and done these kind of things that, you know, like that could go a long way in, in recruiting and, and all that kind of stuff. But man, when I, when I look at the bottom line for what that offense was this year with a Hall of Fame quarterback running the show, I, I'm just, it's hard to get too worked up for me about left. Yeah. And he doesn't have a ton of experience. I mean, he, he's been a coach. Since 2016, okay, he was a coaching intern that year. Then he became the quarterback's coach uh, uh, for the Cardinals. Then he was the interim offensive coordinator for part of that, part of his last season in 2018. And then he's been the offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay ever since. I don't believe he was, was he the quarterback's coach for Tampa Bay or was he just the offensive coordinator? I believe he was still the, I know he was, I believe he was still the quarterback's coach. I think he was both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Either way. At least he was at one point, you know, like looking back at his resume and all that okay. kind of stuff. Let all me right. see if I can find it. All real right. Quick. I, but my, my point is we have no idea, number one, if he can recruit. Number two, if he can develop young quarterbacks. We have no idea because he's been in the NFL 
right. when he had his most success, he had Tom Brady. He wasn't developing Tom Brady. And he wasn't – he was just the offensive coordinator in Tampa. He was quarterback's okay. coach prior to that in Arizona. But you can – you know, uh, I'm again, with Bruce Arians having so right. much pull when he was there, you know, he probably was operating to some extent as quarterback's coach. But, again, it's Tom Brady. Like, how much coaching from Byron Leftwich does Tom Brady need? You know, it's like – and that's – that's the biggest piece of this. You've got to right. develop quarterbacks. You've got to develop young quarterbacks. Yeah. So that one doesn't excite me in really any way. Uh, he doesn't have the track record that I'm looking for. He doesn't have the pedigree that I'm looking for. I have no idea if he can recruit. Like all of these, all the things that I want as an offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, like the things that I would be looking to check off, he doesn't really check off any of those. Yeah, right. he's got a Super Bowl ring, but it almost feels like he was along for the ride. So I that is not one that excites me in any way, in any way. In terms of the internal candidates, really there's one primary internal candidate, and that's Jared Parker, who, of course, was coordinator for a couple of years at West Virginia before he came here. Dylan McCullough not necessarily getting, um, you know, like the same kind of pull, I guess, as, as Parker – I could see Dylan McCullough, though, potentially, because of all the experience. You know, the, the thing that I like most about him is, one, the, his development of running backs, which, you know, I mean, sure. we saw what what that position room was about this year. And, just, you know, like the connection to the Andy Reid offense that utilizes running backs so well, that Chiefs offense, and, you know, like even going back to Philadelphia. So I could I could easily see – while it doesn't appear right now that Dila McCullough is, you know, again, like a, a, a candidate to become offensive coordinator, I could easily see potentially where like he could be run game coordinator, which gets him another title for one thing to kind of, you know, push him into line because I just, you know, the biggest thing with him and, and anyone who hasn't called plays before is, you know, one, there needs to be a pretty direct connection to the quarterback I think, you know, like we were talking about Byron Leftwich, has he been a quarterback coach and all that? There needs to be a connection to the quarterback. I could easily see Dylan McCullough, though, being a run game coordinator and, and you know, maybe having more input in the offense going forward when you bring in a new guy. So the only way I see all that going down, and I don't disagree with you at all, it would be like a Jared Parker pass game coordinator McCullough run game coordinator kind of like co-offense coordinators mm -hmm. and then you bring in a quarterbacks coach right that that's how that would work for me that would be like man we struck out on like five guys all right let's go internal like that <laughs> right that, that's how that would feel to me now that may not be the case maybe those guys would blow away an interview maybe they would do a great job and you just bring in a quarterbacks coach and you roll I mean Maybe, right? My my concern, obviously, is that, you know, when Jared Parker was at West Virginia, he was running someone else's offense. Right. Right? And, and that, you know, so who is Jared Parker? I don't personally know the answer to that. Now, so he was calling plays, but he wasn't, it was, it was his head coach's right. offense. <laughs> right. So it's, it's all very... There's a lot of question marks within that scenario, right? And then obviously you got to bring in a quality quarterbacks coach that can recruit and can do all of the things that you want him to be able to do. Uh, I just, 
there's too many question marks. Like, that, that's not the home run that I'm looking for personally. Right. Not not that Marcus is calling me up and asking me, but that that's not what I'm looking for. That doesn't check the boxes for me. It could work out in the long run. Like, I think those two guys are really good coaches. I just don't know that they're ready to be offensive coordinators on this particular team in this particular time. Right. So th- that that's why that one doesn't not like. For what, not for what Notre Dame needs right now. Right. With, with exactly. where they need to go now. Because in addition to this very veteran quarterback you have, right, as we've talked about, you have a lot of young quarterbacks and, you know, a quarterback who's going to be a little bit older now. Buckner's, you know, going to be a junior yeah. who needs to be developed. That's yes. the biggest thing you need, you know, whether you want to call him a quarterback whisper or whatever it happens to be. And we'll get to some of those names on the list here in a little bit. That's, that's important. And like Byron Leftwich, you know, is another example. Like, I think I saw somebody say, you know, like as a quarterback's coach or something like that, it's, you're not going to leave the NFL as an offensive coordinator and go backward to college and just be a position coach. It's one thing if Byron Leftwich, you know, heads off and, and becomes a quarterback coach for another NFL teams for a couple years. And then, you know, maybe in a couple years gets another chance at, at being an offensive coordinator. You're just not going to go backwards like that into college. I just, I just don't see it. I think he, you know, he would have to be offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And by the way, for a name like, you know, again, because he's going from the NFL where the salaries are greater, you're probably going to have to pay him a lot. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, not, to, you know, to reel back into the Byron Leftwood stuff, but it's just, it just seems like it's, it's more, it's more a marquee name than what you'd be getting out of the whole package, I think. Right. I completely agree. It's just. I would have to learn a heck of a lot more and that would never happen unless me and Byron sat down and had a chat. Like I, you know, I just don't know. There's just too much. I don't know. He's never coached in college before. Right. He went to Marshall. That's not high division one football. You know, I mean, yes, he coached in the NFL and all of that, but he's never recruited. He's never had the restrictions that college has on you. When you're in the NFL, man, you can coach 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, you can't do that in college. It's different. If there's a, a teaching that, you know, yeah, it's just it's just way different. And there's just way too many question marks when it comes to Byron Leftwich for me. Right. I think the names that are getting the most traction are Joe Brady and Moorhead. Would you agree yeah. with that? I would absolutely agree with that. And to me, both of those would be home run hires to yes, me. Yes, I, I concur. Yeah. Joe Brady and Joe Moorhead, yes. Um, Absolutely. Brady is kind of, uh, like, is he the new golden goose? You know, like we talked about Brady Quinn with the golden goose for NBC TV that everyone's chasing. Like, it seems like he's sort of the new golden goose for Notre Dame right now. You know, like as soon as this popped open. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, okay, so I know – Prior to the 2019 season, Brian was super high on LSU because of the Joe Brady situation. He was a big fan of Joe Brady going into that year. He picked LSU to be a a finalist, you know, a final four team, all these things going into the year. And, and, and when he and I would talk, he'd be like, it's the coaching. Like I'm, I'm picking them because of the coaching. And uh, it was interesting. I trust where he comes from and I love that. And, and it was good. And, he was right, obviously, on this one. And 
For me, the only red flag I have about Joe Brady, I have one red flag. Sean, you can tell me if I'm crazy on this one. Well, so, I probably It's probably the same. We, we probably got the same one, but I'll be interested to hear what you say. Go ahead. Yeah, so he goes out on top from LSU, right? I mean, top of the world, the best offense, you know, arguably the best offense we've ever seen in college football. They're just lighting up scoreboards left and right. They're a balanced offense. They could run the ball, throw the ball, all these different things. He gets the job in the NFL. Carolina. A lot of hurdles at Carolina. I get it. You know, I don't necessarily blame him for that. And he goes Teddy to Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, I believe, right. were the two yeah. quarterbacks I he mean, had in his two years. Yeah. So there's X's and O's, and then there's Jimmy's and Joe's, right? I mean, we I think we can all <laughs> agree with that, right? Right. And then he's the quarterback's coach at Buffalo. And I think we can all agree that Josh Allen was pretty damn good before Joe Brady got there. I was gonna say you're you're a you're a much better quarterbacks coach already when you get to move from Bridgewater no and Darnold to, no to Allen, right? No, no <laughs> doubt. So Joe Brady is essentially a one-hit wonder. He's kind of, you know, what he did at LSU, awesome. Like, awesome. He'll always have that. Is that what he's going to do if he comes to Notre Dame? Maybe? Possibly? Probably? Right, he's I basically just, made his living on that so yes. far that that one year that he had yes. at LSU he was obviously with the Saints prior to that so that's your that's my worry that's your red flag is he's a one-hit wonder yeah. yes okay yeah interesting because I agree with what Derek is saying recruiting seems to be okay the thing with him and like going back and and oh, not you know, wanting to is that what digging that, around that? like yeah, there, yeah he is there's there's a lot of stuff written by LSU folks, you know, from, from back right after he left that he apparently loathed recruiting and, you know, like outlet, you know, like the biggest thing that he didn't like about recruiting apparently was, was having to, you know, smooch the, the booties of, of teenage kids, you know, getting them, you know, to, to go to college. I would think because of the name that he has right now, and because he's going to be working with Marcus Freeman, and, you know, just the whole situation, I would think that it would be relatively easy for him to go out and recruit. I agree. I don't think he would have to recruit that hard. Yeah. Uh, especially if if the Notre Dame offense puts up the numbers that everybody hopes that he would put up if he came over here. You just sit back and you just point at the stat sheet like, hey, you want to be a part of this or not? You know, and he's obviously going to have a head coach that's really good at recruiting and you know, all of those different things. He can be kind of, Harry Heestand about it, okay? Now, we all heard the knock about Harry Heestand and his recruiting, right? Well, Harry Heestand does a great job of selecting who he wants to go after. Then he goes after those guys really hard. But he's not beating the trail down for all of these crazy, you know, just to be on the trail, right? He figures out who he wants, and he goes and get those guys. Joe Brady can do the same thing at quarterback, and guess what? When you're the quarterback's coach, one guy, one guy a year. That's right. what you need. One guy. That's it. That's it. And, you know, Bill says Brady's entire offense at LSU is throwing it 30 yards downfield. Every play won't work That's here. Well, I mean, not true at all, but, but well, I mean, in college, like when you look at the successful offenses, I mean, that's basically every successful that's fair. college he offense. Was, he you know, was because, much more balanced than that. I mean, if you go right. back and watch, and I mean, he turned, he turned Joe Burrow in yes. one year into what Joe Burrow is 
right now. And, you know, like, yeah, he had Jamar Chase and he had Justin Jefferson and, and, and that whole crew. But again, that offense went to a completely different level when he was the passing game coordinator for that one season. Now, on top of that, you know, like it, it won't work here. Well, Notre Dame is recruiting that wide receiver position a lot better right now than they have been the last few years. So maybe, you know, it won't necessarily work in the immediate, but I think as they keep bringing in these more heralded wide receivers and the quarterbacks that they're bringing in, I think that you get the right guy. And I think, oh, yeah, I, I think but Notre Dame's but, also going to have a really good running game to go along with it. Yes. And and by the way, and as Derek uh, points out, the, the, the running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, at LSU went in the first round of the chiefs. Yeah. So they, they were clearly balanced. They had really good wide receivers. They had a really good quarterback. They had a really good running back. They had an offensive line that got the job done too. And Notre Dame, is, you know, I'm not, look, I'm not saying that Sam Hartman is, is Joe Burrow, but before the season at LSU, like if you took Joe Burrow, wasn't Joe Burrow. <laughs> if you took Joe Burrow, who he was going into that year after one year of starting at LSU and you take Sam Hartman and what he's done up to this point, I think a lot of people would have taken Sam Hartman. I'm just saying. Now, Joe Burrow obviously has done amazing things since then. From August of 2019 until now, he's you know he's done a lot of really good things. He's really, really good. Joe Brady unleashed Joe Burrow, no doubt about it. But going into right. that season, there wasn't anybody talking about Joe Burrow. Sorry. Right. Well, and we'll get to Jason Candle for the people bringing up Candle here in a little bit. Alex says, won't work here. It's amazing how short such <laughs> memories y'all have. And, you know, when he said that, the first thing I thought of was like, well, work for Deshaun Kaiser and Will Fuller. <laughs> you know, it worked It worked with Michael Floyd for a while. You know, it's like, you just got to get the right guys in. And again, I'm confident in the recruiting that they're doing at that, at those both, both positions, quarterback and receiver right now, that it can work. Yep. Yep. But you also need, you know, the right guy to to kind of make it all happen. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Who do you want to talk about next? We could just I mean I the the list that you gave me earlier that we had going in, I kind of just wrote them down in order. So the next one on the list would be Moorhead. So you want to talk about him? Sure. Yeah. So Joe Moorhead, he's one of the two Joes Akron, that Akron head coach. Yep. Former offensive coordinator at Penn State, I do believe. Right. Uh, he was had a lot of success at Penn State, probably the yes. most success of his career at Penn State so far. And he Trace was a guy, McSorley. yes. He, and he and he was a guy that a lot of people wanted when Notre Dame made the last offensive coordinator yeah. change, right? Uh, and I and I think rightfully so. If I'm being honest, I think uh, Joe Moorhead would have done really a really really good job at Notre Dame if he would have gotten the job in 2020 and. Maybe things look a little bit different than they do now. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Uh, but he was the choice of many uh, going into that year, uh, right. no doubt. And right. I think he very he should be. Um, you know, he went to Oregon, was the OC quarterbacks coach there. That's where he went instead of coming to Notre Dame in 2020. And now he's the head coach at Akron. And the last time I checked, he's making $500,000 at Akron. He could... Can make a lot more money, money being the OC at Notre Dame. <laughs> he could quadruple his money. And your hair grays at your hair grays and thins at a slower rate when you're at when you're at Notre Dame making more money and yes and, and doing things with the talent that he's gonna have around. You know, and what's interesting is 
you know, he's 49. So, you know, he's not quite 50 yet. He's been coaching since 1998. So he's, yeah. he's you know, got a ton of coaching experience. He's got the seasoning. He's got yeah, the seasoning, right? That's for sure. And he and, and Tommy Reese interviewed at Oregon mm-hmm. at the same time. And, of course, he ended up getting the job out there at Oregon over Tommy Reese. Yes. Yep. And, he, I mean, he's been a head coach. He has a track record of being a quarterback's coach. He has a track record of being an offensive coordinator. I like the way he calls an offense. I like the way his offenses look. I just think it would be a very smooth transition I do going too. from Tommy Reese to Joe Moorhead. I, I just and, don't see a whole lot of downside to this. And unlike Joe Brady, there's not the question with recruiting. He is thought of as a very good recruiter. And, you know, again, like you come to a place like Notre Dame and I think he's going to have an easier time. And I don't think you can also underestimate the pairing with Marcus Freeman and, you know, Marcus Marcus Freeman being the point man in recruiting. So, you know, like I I think that 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 goes a long way as well with whoever the coordinator ends up being. No doubt. I mean, recruiting is going to be incredibly important. And the fact that he's been in college since I was in high school, and the man can recruit. The man can do some good things, right? Now I you're mean, aging he, yourself. I know, right? <laughs> he he checks a lot of those boxes. Oh, by the way, Cliff Kingsbury and Brian Left- Byron Leftwich are both older than me. So, not by much, but still. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, no, I, I think that he just checks all, all those boxes that we've got out there and that I've got out there for who the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame should be. Checks all those boxes. He just does. Uh, I'm not saying he's my favorite necessarily, but he's definitely top tier. The absolutely top tier. Yes. And this, Moorhead is good with quarterbacks, which is very important. You know, because I mean, again, like think about, think about all that, that Trace McSorley did in the time that he was there. McSorley, I saw, became the first Penn State player ever to pass for 3,000 yards in multiple seasons, and he was only with Moorhead for two years. First Penn State quarterback to ever do that. And Saying. Yeah, I mean, that was like your class. McSorley is your classic. He's a college quarterback. You know, he was never going to be more than a college quarterback. And let's see, you know, help. Held a clipboard. I, I'm not sure if he's – he might be a backup someplace right now. But he's just – you know, he's a college quarterback. And Moorhead maxed out Trace McSorley yeah. at Penn State. And that's the kind of coach that you want, a guy who can wring every last ounce out of whoever the quarterback is that right. you have back there. I mean, his – the offense like, – and when you think of Penn State, you don't necessarily think of offenses, right? The offense at Penn State averaged – over 430 yards of offense, and they average like 40 points a game. If he can do that with what they had at Penn State, then I like his chances to do some pretty good things at the University of Notre Dame. Right. So, yeah. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So what about Ledwig, the Utah coordinator? Right, yeah. So Here's, here's the guy on the list who's even but... older than me. He's, you know, not like he's ancient. <laughs> he's been around a while, 58 years old. You know, he's been around. Uh, but, he, you know, again, like he's a guy who's coached for a long time. Been the offensive coordinator at Utah since 2019, but a long history of working with offenses and quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like he's been at places like Cal, Wisconsin, Vanderbilt, Boise State. He's been all over the place. What do you think of him? His offensive philosophy would, I think, transition to Notre Dame, maybe even the best of all the potential candidates. Uh, I, I, you know, they had a really good tight end, obviously. They're very balanced. They like to run the ball, but they're not afraid to stretch the field. He did right. really good things with with uh, Cam Rising, right? Um, and anybody that thinks that Cam Rising is some sort of an NFL star is fooling themselves. But they well, were again, able to- like a guy who's maxed out talent. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so anybody that can do that with the talent that they have there. Now, I'm not – look, I'm not saying Utah – they're, they're, they're a power five team, right? I'm not saying that they don't have talent, but Notre Dame has more talent. I would love to see what he would be able to do with Notre Dame's talent. And like I said, the transition from what he does offensively to what Notre Dame currently does offensively, it's, it's about as seamless as it gets. And I think he would be a great fit at Notre Dame. I think he'd be a fantastic fit at Notre Dame and it wouldn't be a parallel move for him. I don't think it would be a move and up just like Tommy Reese. It was a move up. This is a move up for him. Utah's uh, never been to the college football playoff. Right. Notre Dame has been twice in the last five right. years. And Absolutely. It's, it's a definite step up. It is. Puts you it's on a- the radar. And like yes. a, a guy at, at the, at this point in his career, who has been a career assistant for the most part. Yeah. Like, Coming to Notre Dame and having two to three successful years at Notre Dame gives him a chance to become a head coach for the first time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's got a proven track record as an offensive coordinator. He's he's coached quarterbacks. He's coached tight ends. He's coached wide receivers. He's coached running backs. Like he like that's the kind of guy that I want as my offensive coordinator. Someone who has coached every single offensive position except for offensive line. You got Harry Heastan check yeah so you're good there you don't need to worry about the offensive line right exactly this is this would also constitute a home run hire in my opinion right there are three guys that would be home run hires for me personally it's brady it's moorhead and it's ludwig those are my three at the at the top tier that's my top tier you agree one of those guys i'm i'm doing the irish jig in my office here because i think that's a win like most of these other guys, I think I think we agree. We're we're neither one of us is necessarily as high on Byron Leftwich. You know, we started no. out talking about him. These other guys, though, we've talked about besides those 
big three, are are you still, you know, feeling pretty good about them if it ends up not being one of those three? Ask me that question again. Wait, what was about the not being this three? What is it? I'm sorry. So the three you just mentioned, Brady, Moorhead, Ludwig. That's that's your top tier. Absolutely. If they don't get any of those three, these other guys on the list, like are you still are you still feeling good about them? I could be like like if they end up being the coordinator. I I could be talked into it's definitely your fallback tier right now. I mean, yes, you know, it's a fallback. I could be talked into it. I would have to watch some more film. I would have to, you know, dive a little bit more into some of these other guys, to be honest with you. You know, we're going to talk about them, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's a bit of a gap, if I'm being honest, between those three and then everybody else. There's a little bit of a gap. Now, you, I, I would rank, you know, these guys a little bit differently. Like some of the guys we already took off the list, obviously those guys are off the list. You know, to me, I would not be excited about Byron Leftwich. He would be at the bottom of my list. But since I know he's a name that we've heard from some sources, he's got to be on the list, but he would be last on my list, right? Um, So, yeah, it would be those three, and then there's a gap for sure. Yeah. Um, We haven't talked about Jason Candle, the Toledo head coach, and – you know, like, again, this is like a, a life, like he started off at, at Division Three Mount Union, you know, the, the Division Three powerhouse, and he's been at, at Toledo for several years now, and, and a guy who's who's coached wide receivers there, he's coached tight ends there, he's coached quarterbacks there before he became the head coach, and, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy, you know, like you talk about adaptable, he's adapted his sure. offenses to the, to the, to the personnel that he's had, and I think especially like at, at that level, you know, like Mac level you have program, to be. you really need to be to that. Sure. I, I, I think I think Mac level specifically, because uh, obviously we're in Mac land, right? I mean, the, you know, right. some a lot of our kids. That, yeah, yeah, a lot of kids true. that we know who get those Division One scholarships go to the Mac, right? And it's very like Ball State, Toledo, you know, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Eastern you Michigan, know, yeah, yeah Miami, like those, Ohio, yeah, yeah, those schools they get they'll go after just athletes, right? They're going to go after really good football players. They're going to get the best of the rest of what didn't go high D one. They're going to try to scoop up the rest, and so you don't necessarily recruit to what you want to do X's and O's wise. You get the best guys that are out there. And then you make it work, right? I think when you're at this level, and he's obviously had success at this level, he's 54 and 32 as a head coach. You know, he's had success. He understands how to adapt what he wants to do offensively to what he has on the roster. There's something to be said for that because, you know, we've talked many times about square pegs, round holes, you know, all of those different things, right? There's something to be said for that. Now, for me personally, it's a tier below because he's never done the power five offensive coordinating. He's never yeah. been at a power five school. He's either been at Mount union or Toledo. Right. Now, if you got the chops, you got the chops. Brian says that all the time. Right. And I don't disagree with that, but for this job personally, I would just rather see somebody with a little bit more experience at a higher level. Yeah. It could work great. It, it I mean, literally, well you know, like, great, but. because those three, that are in the top tier, they have all been at at power five 
programs. Again, you know, like some of them at, at well, basically two of the three at multiple Power Five programs. And of course, you know, Joe Brady, you know, the one year at LSU and, and a lot of NFL experience after that. But I, I agree, you know, that's 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 the one knock that I think you'd have on him is he hasn't, you know, there's as successful as Mount Union is, it's still Mount Union. And Toledo is Toledo. There's not nearly the same amount of spotlight and pressure that you're going to get, especially when you come to a place like Notre Dame, let alone, you know, just a run-of-the-mill Power 5 program. There's going to be a lot more on this guy. And I, I completely agree with that. That would be my biggest knock on him is, is he hasn't hasn't kind of tasted that, hasn't had to, hasn't had to you know, kind of, Try to thrive and survive, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, and I there there's not a lot of <clears throat> there, there's just not a lot of track record for guys going from Mac, and maybe I'm wrong, and somebody's going to point out that I'm wrong, I'm sure. But going from Mac to a high level D one, that's a big jump. Like that's a big jump to me, right? So it could work. I'm sure they, they he would love to prove me wrong if that's the case. But I, that's not, high, it's not high on my list. You know, that, that's just the way I feel about it. You know, even um, Urban Meyer, he went from Bowling Green to Utah. Utah wasn't power five then, right? Right. So it was a step up, but it wasn't all the way to the power five, right? So it's like incremental steps. Yeah. I, I'm just not happy with the big, the big step, right? The thing about Urban Meyer, you know, and I, I don't think anyone's still saying that, you know, but there's there's a guy who we both know who way back, you know, like when Urban was at Bowling Green and they got rid of Bob Davey, you know, I, I kept hearing Urban Meyer, you got to get Urban Meyer. And I'm like, they're not going to hire Urban Meyer from Bowling Green. I'm sorry. Right. right. It's, that's not happening. And of course, you know, if they would have been willing to make that step at that point, think about rewriting history of Notre Dame over the last two decades, but it didn't happen that way. He went to Utah. And then by that time they wanted him. And of course he went to Florida instead. Right. So. Right. And I, I do want to, uh, Michael Johnson makes a very good point. He says, people can say the same thing about Marcus Freeman, never coached at the power five when he got the defensive coordinator job. At that's Notre fair. Dame. That's, that's, but, a, that's a, that's fair. But Cincinnati is a thousand times better program Right in Toledo, and he had also at least been a defensive coordinator at Purdue as well. That's where you know again Purdue is at least power, power five, five. Yeah, which is power yeah. five. Not to mention he played in a big spotlight when he was at Ohio State. Good so. call. Yep. So you know, I, great point, Michael. That's that's a great point. Uh, it's just not the where it's not where I see Notre Dame being right now. I think they can make a better decision. Yeah. All right, we got a few questions. From the chat, you want to throw a few of those in here? Oh, why that? not? Yeah, there's a couple of right. ones in there, I think. Michael, I think you just had a question from Michael, but he's saying, what would the time frame with the with the Notre Dame hurdles? What would the time frame? So, I, I mean, I think the goal is to have somebody in place by the time, you know, uh, spring ball starts. I think that would that's a fair goal. I mean, you're still looking at six weeks at that point. I think they're going to have it done well in advance of that. Here's the other thing about the Notre Dame hurdles that I, I do want to speak to. Just because he hasn't been approved officially and like the, the official word has gone out, he can still get to work and he can still be doing stuff. Which he happened this still, last cycle. Like some of right. those guys started before it was official. Absolutely. And 
you can't really have contact with the players anyway. So doing work offsite, getting your, you know, whatever ready to go for spring ball, you know, how you want to put stuff in and all, those, those things can all be done once you've decided that that is where you are going to be, or they have decided that that's where you're going to be. Yeah. The, the official check mark from the university of, with all the hurdles, that's literally uh, a formality, right? It's the O'Leary thing. It's a formality. You can get to work well before that position, that decision. I mean, think about all the hires that we had last year, right? We knew all of them well in advance. Those guys were getting to work as soon as they knew they were going to be the coach. Right. So it's a formality. So I, I think, but yeah. as far as the timetable, look, spring ball, I think is, is where they want to be. And spring ball is not going to take place until the middle of March. So you've got five weeks at least. Michael wants to know great analysis of the best out there. My question is which coach would probably excite 17 to 18 year old kids to choose the Irish. My top choice would be Joe Brady. I, yep. You know, it's like when you've got Joe Burrow Having just been in a Super Bowl in another AFC championship game after winning a national championship, like Joe, you know, Joe Brady, I think, especially from a quarterback standpoint, he's the one who's going to fire people up the most. Yes, no question about it, because he has the most recent big time success, yes. right? National championship. Joe Burrow was the number one pick, went to the Super Bowl. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, it sells itself. And these guys are not young enough to not remember 2019, right? They're they're too young to remember 1988, but they're not too young to remember 2019 and what that LSU offense was able to do, especially considering most of those offensive weapons are doing it in the NFL. That's yeah. the stuff that they watch. I, you know, Terry asks, is Joe Brady even remotely interested? It's not our job to figure out if they're interested right now. We're just telling you the people Notre Dame is interested in yeah and you know that's that's a big question and that's what we started out you know i think terry got in a little bit late but that's we when we were talking about joe brady earlier that's the biggest question does he want to come back to college and you know along with that does he want to recruit because you know there's there's documented quotes on him from his time at lsu that he did not like recruiting and that's a big issue now that said, as we've said, because of who is sort of the reputation that Joe Brady has, and then you couple that with Notre Dame and you pair that with Marcus Freeman, I think recruiting becomes a heck of a lot easier for him this time around at Notre Dame if that's something he decided that he wanted to go into. Yeah. But, you know, is he interested? I don't that's know. something that we'll find out probably within the next couple of days as we begin to find out who's actually, you know, going to show up to interview and that kind of stuff. So absolutely. Absolutely. And just because people are coming in, some people can interview virtually, some people interview in person, like, right. you know, people don't need to get all a Twitter about things that are happening. You know, just everybody relax. Yeah. Uh, there was one more question in there, Bill. Can Notre Dame bring in a consultant or are they limited? They can. I mean, I assume you're talking about uh, a consultant for the search. They can if they want to. I mean, you can do whatever you want to hire somebody. Uh, If you're talking about like an analyst or something like that, you can bring in as many analysts as you want as well. The only thing that you're restricted to is how many coaches you have on the field, which is why for the 100,000th time, they can't bring in a separate quarterbacks coach as well as an offensive coordinator because you'd have to fire somebody in order to do that because you only get so many coaches. So 
it's going to be a combo. Most, I, okay, let me take that back. It's most likely going to be a combination offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach. There is some wiggle room in there. I think you could potentially have Chancey Stuckey or, you know, even Jared Parker be the quarterbacks coach. If you need to bring in somebody else that's an offensive coordinator, it's not a deal breaker, but I think. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how sold I am on that, though. I like, agree with you. Moving completely. one of those guys to an important position like quarterback right. coach, you know. I am I like, am with you a thousand percent. They're good at what they do right now. Yes. I don't know how I'd feel about one of those guys as the quarterbacks coach, though. Right. A hundred percent. And so I don't think that's the route they're going to go, but I have heard people say that it's a possibility right. if the right offensive coordinator comes along. Right. I, I still think they're looking for a combo. To me, if you're if you're not yeah, to me, if you're going to hire a guy who is not going to be the quarterback's coach, then you know, one that complicates things because of what you heard, you know, basically, you know, if you were to move those guys, it's to keep them on the staff and you don't want to get rid of them. But it's like, uh man, that's just such an important position. I think you're much better off. Like again, the three guys that we put at the top of the list are all guys with quarterback experience. And I think that that is really important. I do too. I it's, you've got a really good offensive staff right now. And and somebody in somebody asked, I don't know if it's a starred question uh, or not. Let me see. Uh, Nope. So somebody asked earlier, is it a downfall uh, for an offensive coordinator coming in if they can't bring in their own staff? Okay. You're not going to find a much better staff than what Notre Dame has from an offensive standpoint. I mean, yeah. but that could disqualify some guys because it, it there could. are going to be, you know, it there could. Be, yeah. But I think there's a lot of people out there though that maybe they would want to bring in at least one guy or something like that that knows their mm-hmm. system or whatever. I get that, but give me ten minutes to describe the guys that they have on staff, and I think I could convince whoever it is that you still want to come to Notre Dame and be the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. There's just too much going for it right now. You know, that's how I feel. So a lot of good coaches there right now. Marcus Freeman did a really good job hiring offensive coaches. Yeah, for sure. A lot of cohesion on the staff, you know, and, and, and again, you know, do their, do their jobs well from both a recruiting and an on-field standpoint on, especially on that offensive side of the ball. So no doubt about it. But that could, you know, because I like with the defensive coordinator stuff last year, there were guys who wanted to bring in some of their own sure. guys. And it's like, yeah, no, that's a deal breaker. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see where that goes. You know, it'll it'll be really interesting again. Like you got one of these kind of if you want to call them marquee guys, you know, again, like the guys at the top of the wish list, if they do want to bring guys with them, what that ends up meaning. So yeah, absolutely. But again. When you've got the young quarterbacks like like you've got who are the future of your yes. program, and like with next year in mind, especially because you're, you're bringing in this veteran, you need a quarterbacks coach who's going to be able to get that guy and have that guy ready to go. And I just, yes. I think you need a, a guy who's hands on and has worked with quarterbacks extensively, extensively in the past, not just a little bit. Mm-hmm.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.